There are many women who have asked, am I still called to be submissive if my husband, and you can fill in the blank, if my husband isn't a believer, if he is a believer, but he's not following God, or if I can't trust him, what do I do then? Most of us probably know that we're not called to be submissive to a husband who asks us to sin. But what about these other scenarios? Are we still called by God to be submissive to a man who doesn't appear to even desire to be godly, or that we have lost our faith and our trust in? Join me today as we search the scriptures for answers as as to what God has truly called us to as godly women and submissive wives. Let's get started. Welcome to the Faith Lived Out podcast. Are you wanting a loving Christian marriage but are unsure what that looks like or how to get it? Do you have fears about becoming a submissive wife, afraid that you'll lose your identity or become a doormat? Do you have thoughts that maybe you're doing this whole wife and marriage thing all wrong and you want to know how to do it right, to stop worrying all the time and to learn how to truly put your faith and trust in the Lord? Hey girl, I'm Nancy Adamson, wife, mom, and Grammy to seven sweet babies, Christian mentor, Bible teacher, speaker, and women's ministry leader. I see you and I get you because I've been there, and I'm here to share with you what God has taught me on how to have a loving biblical marriage and what the true meaning of being a submissive wife really looks like. We'll also chat about how to find wisdom and truth for life's challenging questions in His Word, how to apply God's truth to our lives, and to put the cares and concerns that are on your heart safely in the Father's hands. So if you're ready to learn how to live out your faith every day and follow the amazing plan that God has for your marriage, grab your coffee, pull up a chair next to mine, and let's get started. Scripture states that as godly wives, we are to be submissive in everything. But as I said before, what if? What if our husbands aren't following God? They're not believers or they're not the godly leader that they're supposed to be. And what if they've made foolish decisions? They've lied to us or hurt us in the past to the point where we can no longer trust them. Are we still called to be submissive in this? And what about protecting ourselves from things like financial ruin, or some other consequences because of our husband's mistakes? And what if our husband is somewhat resentful of our relationship with Christ, or if he tries to hinder that relationship, or even goes so far as to ask us to sin? How do we handle that in a respectful, submissive way? Well, we're going to look at answers to all of these questions today, ladies, because they're all in Scripture. So let's start with what scripture tells us about being submissive in everything. In Ephesians 5, verses 22 through 24, it tells us, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. So the church is subject to Christ. 
The church is the body of believers. And as being a part of that body, we are under the authority and the protection of Jesus. He is first in our lives and we follow his will and his ways in everything. We live out what he teaches us in scripture. As godly wives, we are also under the authority and protection of our husbands. They are the head of the household in the same way that Christ is the head of the church. And in the same way that we give an account as the judgment seat of Christ for our words and our actions, our husbands will give an account for how well or maybe not so well they led their families. This doesn't mean that your husband usurps the authority of God in your life, not in any way, shape, or form. God is still first and foremost, as we will talk about a little bit more in a minute. This also doesn't mean that you are inferior to your husband in any way. So please don't think that. We are all equal in the eyes of God. As a matter of fact, in Galatians 3, 28, it says, There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ. We are all equal in the eyes of God. So to be submissive to your husband means that you are willing to follow God's design for marriage. In Philippians 2, 5 through 8, it says, Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. So in the same way that Jesus subordinated himself to the will of the Father to carry out the Father's plan of redemption, then we as wives are to submit ourselves to our husbands to carry out God's plan for marriage and the family. We are submissive out of obedience to Christ regardless. Regardless if we think our husbands deserve it, if we think that they have earned it in some way, if we think that they're godly enough or we're sure that they're going to treat us right and not take advantage of us, or if they love us, it doesn't matter. None of these things are factors as to whether or not we are submissive to our husbands. We are submissive because there are at least five different places in scripture where God commands us to do so. As followers of Christ, we are to live by his commands, having the faith and trust to follow his wisdom. Being submissive in everything means just that, everything. It means in our finances, in how we decorate the house and how we discipline the children, where you live, if a purchase is made or if it isn't made, etc. If our husbands have given us a budget, well, then we need to stay within that budget. And if we've purchased something for the house, like a chair or a comforter or whatever it is, and they don't like it, then back to the store, it needs to go. If they have made the decision that the family needs to move um, to another city or even to another state so that he can pursue a career or whatever the situation may be, even if you're moving away from family, then that's what it is that we need to do. We need to be submissive in that and to follow him in that because he is the head of the household. Or in my case, my husband asked me not to go somewhere. And this is one of the lessons that I had learned in being submissive to my husband. 
So the situation was where I had just had my tubes tied. I mean, like literally like two days before this, I had had my surgery to have my tubes tied. Wasn't quite over all of that yet. And my dad and my siblings were wanting me to drive from California to Northern Arizona and to go visit them. They were all getting together and they wanted me to be there. They were pressuring me a great deal um, to go there and to meet with them. And I had explained that, you know, my situation and I had just had surgery and they're like, oh, it's fine. And I thought, you know what? They're right. It's fine. Like I can drive there myself. It's not that big of a deal. And my husband said to me, I don't want you to go. You know, I don't think this is a good idea for you. You're going to go all the way across the desert and up to northern Arizona by yourself. There's lots of areas where nobody's around. You've just had this surgery. I really don't think that you should go. I went upstairs to take a shower and get ready to go anyway. And as I stepped into the shower, I like so clearly heard the Lord say, did I not call you to be submissive to your husband? And I was like, oh, well, yeah, you have. And and realized that that's not what I was doing. I was choosing what I wanted. I was choosing what my family wanted over what my husband had asked me to do. And he was really just looking out for me and for my safety. I took my shower and came back downstairs and said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stay here because that's what you have asked me to do. And it was so the right decision that I had made, ladies. I have never regretted that in any way, shape, or form. And it's not that we can't ever voice our opinions in these matters. As his helpmate, you absolutely should be giving your husband the benefits of your knowledge and your wisdom, being sure to do so in a respectful manner. Certainly, there have been times when I have disagreed with the direction that my husband wanted to go in, like the one that I just told you about. But I have found that in doing that, in having that disagreement with him, I find it best to voice my opinion, to let him know what it is that I think that we should do and why, and then pray. If he still disagrees with me, then I just pray about it. Because God is not going to tell my husband to do one thing and to lead him in a direction and tell me to go in a different direction and to have us be at odds with one another. We are one flesh, and we are one flesh in Christ. And so God is going to honor that. He's going to honor that prayer in putting us both on the same page and in helping us to be able to work this out and to agree on this. And trust me that in doing this, you know, we need to make sure that we are not just praying for our husbands to change their minds. Like we're right, they need to change their mind. But in doing this, we need to make sure that we are also open to the fact that God may want to change your heart and change your mind. He may be leading your husband to something that you're not quite aware of yet, that you're not quite there, but God's going to bring you there. So we can't be saying, Lord, change his heart, make it right, make it fit mine. But we have to be willing to have our own hearts changed and our own minds changed as well and be open to that. Now, certainly all of this is much easier with a husband who is a believer, one who is following God's word. But what if your husband is not following God? Like maybe he's a believer, but he's not following God's word and he's not leading the family in the ways of the Lord. Well, first ladies, know that no matter what he does, no matter what his relationship is with the Lord, 
you are responsible for your own walk with Christ and to continue to grow in his knowledge. In Proverbs 9, 10 through 12, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For by me your days will be multiplied, and years of life will be added to you. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself, and if you scoff, you will bear it alone. So ladies, you are responsible for your walk with the Lord, despite what your husband's relationship with God might be. We make the decision every day as to whether we will live our life our own way or whether we are going to follow what is taught in scripture. We cannot blame our husbands for our lack of relationship with the Lord or for not growing in Christ. It is our responsibility. If your husband is not being the godly leader in your home, then take your focus off of what he's not doing or what it is that you know you would like to have him do and put your focus on God and what God has called you to do as a believer, as a wife, and if you're a mom, as a mom. So put your focus on growing in your own personal relationship with the Lord. Psalms 128.1 says, Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. This means attending church, reading your Bible, attending a Bible study, and spending time in prayer. This is very important. Despite whatever your husband might be doing, despite what his relationship is with Christ, you make sure that you are following God's word and that you are being fed God's word on a regular basis. And then if you are a mom, that you are raising your children in the admonition of the Lord. In Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 and 7, it says, And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. So ladies, encourage your husband to do this, to lead the family in this way. But if he doesn't, then as a mom, you're the nurturer of your children. You're the one who probably spends more time with them than your husband does. So make this a part of your responsibility as well. Even if your husband does lead the family well, there's still responsibility on your part as the mom to be having your children grow in the knowledge of the Lord, having them see your example, and then also having you teach them scripture and teaching them the ways of Christ. So then what if your husband is not following God at all? Like either he's walked away from the Lord, doesn't want to have anything to do with God, or he was never a believer in the first place. A believing husband who is not faithful to God and a non-believer are treated a little bit differently when it comes to dealing with some of the issues of marriage. So in the case of a non-believer, in 1 Peter 3, 1 and 2, it says, Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives, when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. So we are to continue with our walk with the Lord in the same way. And the Lord may use that godly conduct that we have towards our husbands to reach our husband's heart, to make them a believer and to have them see God's love for them through what it is that you do for them. As a wife of a non-believer, you should be praying fervently and daily for God to change your husband's heart and for him to become a child of God. 
We also cannot expect our non-believing husbands to act like Christians. And this is a mistake a lot of us make. We want them to act as if they are believers and do all the things that believers are supposed to do. But if you really stop and think about it, most Christians don't even act like Christians all the time. Like we all make mistakes. We all have this sinful nature. So we can't be expecting our non-believing husbands to be that godly husband that we see in written in scripture because there's no way for him to be able to do that. He doesn't have that in him to be able to do that. And so you need to really pray for your husband and pray for God's strength because God will give you strength and wisdom and perseverance and grace as you go through this and as you pray for your husband. Because they are not believers, we also cannot reprove them with scripture. Doing so will only make them resentful of the word of God, and we don't want that. We can, however, guide them in the ways of the Lord. We just don't need to let them know where our wisdom comes from. Being married to an unbeliever is difficult, but God will help you in this. Ask for his help, as I said. Ask for strength. Ask for forgiveness. You know, help you to be able to forgive some of the things that your husband does that hurts you. You know, ask the Lord to give you this extra amount of grace and mercy, and he definitely will. Ask for his guidance in particular situations, when to speak up and when to stay quiet and let God work in your husband's heart. So then what about a believing husband who has walked away? who doesn't want to follow the Lord anymore. Well, Galatians 6.1 tells us, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself lest you also be tempted. So if your husband is willing to listen, you can give him a gentle reproof in love from one believer to another. As fellow believers in Christ, as his helpmate, you are to bring to his attention areas where he is not following the word of God, where he is beginning to stray and where the enemy is beginning to lead him astray and to tempt him in things. And this must be done with the utmost gentleness and love, with the goal of restoring him to Jesus, not so that you can you know, point out his sins and see you did this and tit for tat or that kind of thing or trying to make yourself look better than he is or make yourself look more righteous. We need to do this with all the gentleness and love and grace and humbleness that we can possibly muster up. It also must be based on scripture, not what you think that the right thing is or what you would like him to do, but what scripture tells us and not taking the scripture out of context. It's very, we have to be very careful about that as well. Also show some grace in this. Learning to be like Christ is a process and it takes time and none of us fully accomplishes this side of heaven. We all have things that we need to be working on and we need to be improving on and becoming more like Christ. So don't be looking for him to be perfect. Choose your battles in this. If they are not willing to listen and instead become agitated and angry when you try to do this, then it's best to treat them as a non-believer, praying over them and showing them godly conduct, and letting God do the work in their heart. This can be a very delicate thing in a marriage and cause severe problems if it is not handled correctly. So we will be going over exactly what this looks like and more detail of what this looks like in the next couple of episodes. So I would recommend 
that you listen to what is coming up in the next few episodes before you try to do this with your husband and be in prayer over this in the meantime. All right then. So what if your husband is asking you to participate in a sinful behavior? Not only can we, but as a righteous follower of Christ, we are to say no to our husbands when they ask us to do any kind of sin. Acts 5.29 says, But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. God comes first and trumps everything, even your husband, every time. Again, this must be backed in scripture. You must have a biblical basis for disobeying your husband's request. I have some scenarios for you, along with some scriptures that you can use to support yourself in this. So say that your husband complains about the fact that you go to church and wants you to not go to church anymore. Well, Hebrews 10.25 tells us, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. So if your husband is asking you not to go to church, you could tell him, look, honey, I understand that you don't want to go and that's fine, but I'm a believer. I follow Christ and this is where I need to be. And if you can, you know, make it a Wednesday night. If a Sunday morning he wants to go and do something on Sunday mornings and it's better for you to maybe go on a Wednesday night when he's already busy or he's watching the game or whatever the case may be, then maybe go on a Wednesday night. But work it out with him, but let him know this is what it is that I need to do because I'm following Christ. And then we can do whatever it is that you want to do after that. Also, ladies, you know, be careful not to put your church friends above your husband in choosing to spend time with them rather than spending time with your husband and choosing all the church activities to go to, but never going anywhere that he wants you to go with him. So be careful with that as well. We're also not to have a rigid attitude about attending church or performing any religious traditions. And religious traditions would be like our prayer times, our daily reading of the word, or attending a Bible study. We're not to be so rigidly, you know, choosing these things to the point where if our husband, you know, says, oh, hey, I want to take you to breakfast this morning. And you say, nope, I have Bible study, can't go. You know, we we need to not be that way. We need to be saying, fine, I'll go ahead and, and go to, to breakfast with you this time. Or maybe he's asking you to, you know, move your prayer time to a different time of day because there's something that he wants to do with you or your daily reading time to a different time of day accommodate him on these things. Be a little bit flexible with these things. You know, God is is not that rigid with us. It's not that God is going to go, oh, look what you did. You chose your husband above me. That's not the way it is. The enemy will try to make us believe that, but it's not true. As we honor our husbands in this, as we honor what they're requesting of us, that is not a sin, then we are also honoring God in this as well. So don't let the enemy feed you lies in that and think that you have to be so rigid about, you know, your prayer time and your attending church and that kind of thing. But also don't let your husband keep you from attending at all. And then what about teaching your children about God? Well, I already read to you Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, where it tells us to teach God's commands to our children. But in Proverbs 1, 7 and 8, we're also told, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. My son, 
Hear the instruction of your father and do not forsake the law of your mother. So you could say to your husband, look, I know that you don't want to hear what God's word says, and that's fine. But our children have a right and a desire to want to know what God's word says. And God, God's word here tells me that I'm to teach them that. And then, you know, do it when your husband's maybe not around so that you're not taking that time away from him. And he's sitting there going, okay, is she done teaching them that yet? Because I want to go play ball with my son, you know, that kind of thing. But maybe do it when he's not around, when he's not there. And then that way it doesn't cause any friction in that as well. But do make sure that you teach your children about the Lord. So then what if your husband asks you to participate in a sexual sin? And know this, most intimate acts are permissible within a marriage. However, there are a few of them that are not. In 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 3, it says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. And then in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10, it says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. So if your husband wants to bring a third person into your relationship in any way or ask you to participate in sodomy, these are things that you are to say no to. And you could just let him know, look, I am not comfortable with this. This is not a part of what God designed for marriage. It's not a part of what I want in our marriage and is really only going to hurt us in the long run. Is there something else that we can do that will bring you pleasure without involving this? Because this is not something that I am willing to do. And just let him know that. And then what if your husband asks you to lie? And this can be difficult because in most cases, if our husbands are asking us to lie, it's because they have a fear of some kind of consequence that they may have to endure if they tell the truth. And those consequences may also affect you. And we have compassion for our husbands and we don't want them to have to have this kind of consequences and endure some kind of pain in this way. However, we cannot lie for them. It's very important that we follow that because that is what scripture tells us. In Ephesians 4.25, it says, Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. We have to ultimately trust in God's authority and his protection and make sure that we tell the truth and encourage our husbands to tell the truth and to face whatever consequences that they may have to face. It will be much better for them and us in doing that than it's going to be to tell a lie. Because now not only do you have that sin of whatever it is that they have done that they're trying to protect themselves from, but now you're also adding to that sin lying, which is a sin against God. And so we that is just a bad road to be going down and we need to not do it. And so we need to tell our husbands, look, I'm sorry that you're going to have these consequences, but I can't lie for you. I'm a believer. I follow the Lord and it is a sin to lie and it's not something that I'm going to do. However, I will be here with you to support you and to help you in any way that I possibly can. 
as long as it doesn't go against God's word. And I know in some of this, you're thinking, oh, my husband is going to flip a lid. And he may in the beginning. But if you think about it in the long run, he is going to respect you for your stance on the Lord, for you standing firm in your faith and in your belief in God and what God's word says. And that is going to speak volumes to him. He's also going to see God's protection for you in all that he's doing. And yet you are protected and the Lord is taking care of you. And he's going to see that. And all of these things are going to be used by God for his glory to show your husband God's majesty and his sovereignty and his goodness to him. So look at the long picture and trust in God, in his protection and in his authority for this. So the last one is, what if I can't trust my husband? And a lot of us have been in this place at one time or another. It can be very difficult to be submissive to someone who has hurt us in some way, who has made a poor decision in the past and caused us to not trust them for some reason. Thankfully, we serve a mighty sovereign God who calls us to put our trust in him, not our husbands. In Psalm 118.8, it says, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in a man. God is all-knowing. He is everywhere and in everything. He has complete power and majesty over our lives and over everything that is happening in this world. And yes, even over those who do not follow him. As believers, we can put our full faith and trust in God, in his sovereignty and in his promises to protect his children. When we put our trust in God, he is our shield and our protector. This is his promise to us in Psalms 115.9, where it says, O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. And I know that this is difficult because we see what's right before us. We see what our husbands are doing. And we wonder, Lord, do you see this? Do you see what's happening? And we're afraid of what the results are going to be, what the results of their actions are going to be. But yes, God does see this and he does have the ultimate sovereignty over it. In Proverbs 3, 5, it tells us, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. It doesn't matter what you see before you. God has a plan. God has a plan for your life and what it's going to be like. And no, you may not be able to see it right now, but God does see it and he will protect you, and he will guide you. We must look past what we can see and look to God for his will and his protection in this. Not that everything is going to be roses and sunshine, because God does teach us his ways and increase our faith through the trials that we have in our lives, including the ones that our spouses bring upon us. But since we know that God has a perfect plan for our lives and that he never leaves us or forsakes us, then we also know that we can trust in him for the outcome. Whatever the situation is, we can trust him for the outcome. Whether it was brought on by life circumstances, whether it was brought on by our own actions or the actions of our husband, God is faithful and will see us through. We're going to talk more about this, about God's sovereignty and protection for wives, as well 
as God's provision for us and to stand firm and how to reprove our husbands in the next couple of episodes. So like I said before, be sure to listen to the next few episodes. In the meantime, though, if you are having a problem with trust in your marriage, if the trust has been broken in some way, or you're just having a hard time having that confidence in your husband and that trust in him, then listen to episode number 45 on trust in a marriage. It will be very helpful for you to be able to know how to navigate that situation. Ladies, I pray that this has blessed you today. I pray that it has helped you today, helped you by giving you some clear direction and wisdom to being a submissive wife in the way that God has called us to be, even in difficult situations, even when our husbands are not all that God has called them to be yet, but hopefully one day they will be. I pray that this has given you strength and instruction for what to do in those difficult times when our husbands do not agree with us or are not following the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. Trust in his wisdom and his sovereignty over your life. He is faithful. Have a blessed day. Thank you so much for listening today. I pray that God has used this episode to bless and inspire you to live out your faith in Him. If it has, please do me a huge favor by leaving a review on Apple Podcast. This is the only way that I know if you like the show and you will be helping others to find this podcast and be lifted up by the Word of God. Is there someone who came to mind while you were listening today and you said, Ooh, she needs to hear this. Well, then send her the link so she can be encouraged too. Are you in the Dallas area and looking for a fresh new speaker to add excitement to your next luncheon, women's retreat, or other women's event? Then drop me a note at nancy at faithlivedout.com and let's chat about it. That's nancy, N-A-N-C-I, at faithlivedout.com. I would love to come and meet with you and the ladies in your group. You're also welcome to visit the website at faithlivedout.com for more information, blog posts, journaling ideas, and free printables. Or become a part of our little community of believers by joining the Faith Lived Out community group on Facebook, where you can join together with other faith-led wives and moms just like you. Links to these areas and the scripture references used in today's episode are in the show notes. Ladies, Thank you again for listening today and know that I am praying for God to be with you as you learn to trust in Him more and to live out your faith every day. God bless you and see you on the next episode.